0: I'm Alex McDougald, and this is INSEAD in Conversation With, a podcast series in which our guests share their stories, thoughts, and insights with us. In this episode, we're with Steen Jensen, CEO of the Scandinavian Executive Institute, an organization which has long partnered with INSEAD Executive Education for corporate governance education. Headquartered in Denmark, we are going to be spending some time talking about corporate governance in the Nordics and why lifelong learning matters for board members. Thank you, Steen, for being with us today. Thanks, Alex. I've been looking forward to this conversation. (laughs) Likewise. And um, yeah, looking forward to drilling down and talking a bit more about your your professional experience of working around boards and, and with boards and board members. And I just wanted to set the scene for the listeners and with a bit of context um, before we dive into the more uh, various topics of today. Can you just start by explaining what drives you in your position at the Scandinavian Executive Institute to work closely with boards?
1: I think board will play a major role in shaping the future Uh, that hasn't been their role in the past. In my opinion, the world is uh, transforming for various reasons. We can see uh, the obvious signs, uh, the consequences of climate change. Uh, we see uh, geopolitical instability, pandemics, and so on. So there are a lot of obvious uh, signs that are visible. But that's just a result of something that has been going on for for several years. And um, on, the, on a more fundamental level, what influences the the organizations, the, the corporations is. Um, for instance, technological development that has been going on for 30, 40 years since uh, the introduction of the, of the Internet. Historically, we used to be focused on scale and, um, and costs uh, reduction, if, uh, efficiency and so on. And it seems that we are gradually moving into a new time where speed and quality of innovation and the ability to rethink yourself is uh, becoming more and more relevant. And that's also, in my opinion, the solution for many of the problems we have. I don't think we can solve all the problems from a political point of view. We also need uh, leaders and corporations to take an active role. And they won't do that unless it is in line with what, is, uh, what the owners, what the comp- what is relevant for the company and how the, the company can be successful in addition so that's a very complex task we are are looking at if if uh, the corporations of the world are the ones to change the world for the better then we need to develop the way we work as corporations as well and boards play a a very essential role i think
0: that was my going to be my next question to you so it's great that you touched upon it just at the end obviously typically we'll think of the c-suite the senior management within the company who are going to set the direction and tackle those pressing problems that we face. How does a board fit in to that in terms of influencing and advising or guiding an organization? I think first of all, boards were
1: established for a different reason than what I uh, try to uh, advocate uh, now. They were established originally to look after the the, the interests of the of the owners, uh, but then gradually independence and so on became more and more important. And um, and we've been seeing a gap in in some countries between the board and the owners. And that independence is a good thing uh, in many respects because it brings independence of thought, different perspectives, uh, and so on. But since the board has mainly been a con- controlling body or uh, earlier on a ceremonial uh, body uh, in, in many countries and in many uh, organizations, when we move in, into a time where, uh, where we need uh, really to challenge conventional thinking, also our own thinking, the board needs to play a role challenging, uh, asking the right questions, having the, the helicopter view, and both understanding the, the the current challenges in the organization, but also where do we want to, to to go? Where should we take this company and help management build that aspiration that will take them there, but also help them um, realize it in, um, in, in the details. You
0: know, we talk about uh, COVID and of course the post COVID era, but then you say the environment has been changing the expectations on executives, management, and uh, equally the board and their roles are changing. It must be very challenging for boards to keep up with all those changes and, and, and to ensure that uh, frameworks are applied, that uh, expectations are met. Yeah, we, we see
1: that boards uh, and board members spend much more time on on their boards, um, partly because of that. So, uh, and, and I think that the challenge is that the, the things you mentioned are the, the things that can be controlled it's very, um, it's very easy to see if you comply. If you did, you check the boxes. It's easy to control, and it's easy for the board to to focus on that as well. The challenge is that uh, the world also silently expects you to do some things to renew your company in a more sustainable way. For instance, that requires personal choices of the people. That requires that the board agree on that and make that those uh, choices that that these are the things the, 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 the direction this is the direction we want to go and um, I, I think that's the challenging part uh, that that you need to make a personal choice about how to develop um, the board the the internet, and, and the, the the impact the future that this board will create so defining a purpose for the board, and being very specific about that is, uh, is one of the practices that we recommend.
0: How does a board come to that purpose? I mean, it's a very interesting point. I mean, how do, you, how do they divide, def, define the purpose? Is it a collective effort within the board? How does a board come to, um, to a point where they feel that they have the right purpose?
1: First of all, they need to talk about it. I see many boards where it's not on the agenda. They, they they don't spend time really reflecting on it. And secondly, they need to engage with their stakeholders. They can't just develop their own uh, isolated uh, purpose. They need to to develop their purpose in the context of the world they try to serve. So they need to be uh, to have a to have a like, good conversation with stakeholders. With management, with the company, with the customers, they they need to they need to feel and experience the world in which they should execute that purpose.
0: What, in your experience, uh, makes a good board? What are the traits of a good board?
1: We identified a few um, specific uh, traits of Nordic boards that we thought would be valuable uh, for for other boards to know. So. But, but first of all, I, I think that the fundamentals are that you as a board, uh, you, um, you, you have a well-defined purpose. You, you know why are you here. What is it that we as a board try to, to, um, to accomplish? Is it creating long term value and making sure that this company is here the next 100 years? Or is it uh, something else? Then you need to develop processes that support that purpose. And in a relevant matter, in the context you are in, some boards need to meet every month. Some boards need to uh, meet uh, every quarter. Uh, Some boards uh, can meet a lot uh, virtually and other boards need to meet. So you need to define your own own processes. uh, Which material does the board need? That's something you need to work on. A third aspect is the, the people who is on the board, how do we um, develop the people that we have on the board? Do we have the right diversity uh, of of opinions, of experiences? But diversity isn't all good. You all you need to be aligned on the ambition. You can't have diversity on ambition. So a board with someone with a with big ambitions and someone with no ambitions, they will not succeed. And you also need to be uh, aligned on um, on working habits and um, and working norms. And and the fourth element is how you engage with your stakeholders. Those four elements, I think, are crucial. And in the center of all that, you have the chair, because in my opinion, it's the chair's responsibility to establish uh, this. And that's, uh, I think that those four elements are are crucial.
0: And it must be all the more important today. Again, they need to, you know, it's all the more important for them to be aligned with your organisational purpose and the organisational um, goals and mm. aims, and uh, establishing this requires
1: you to to have conversations with the owners. Depending on the owner structure, if you have a uh, ten thousand distributed owners, you can't have individual conversations. But if you have a major owner, which most European companies uh, have, you need to be aligned. You can't favor uh, a specific owner, but you need to know, uh, you need to be aligned about the direction you're going.
0: You touched upon, obviously, uh, your experience of working with Nordic boards in particular. And and it has been mentioned that, you know, they are proactive, engaged, democratic. And these are all the traits of, I suppose, what all boards around the world would aspire to be. Why is that? is this something that has been a sort of a characteristic let's say of nordic boards for some time and why do they possess such positive characteristics when many others perhaps have difficulty getting to that place
1: the reason is partly uh, that we have a the the governance structure in uh, the nordic countries is a little different than in anglo-saxon for instance um so, first of all, the board and management is separated. You have uh, chair is one role and CEO is one role, and we are going in that direction in, in other countries as well, France, UK as well. Uh, we are not quite there. But I think the main um, difference is that when you serve on a Nordic board, you are elected on the general election. The term is only one year, and the owners can call for uh, an extra general election, and change the board overnight. So you have no guarantee to maintain your seat. That's not the case in other countries. And in many other countries, the board has a big say in who is on the board. Uh, so we we see um, in the North, the result is that in the Nordics, the chair is very focused on aligning. I mentioned it uh, several times, aligning with the owners. So. And, and I think one of the challenges is to align with the owners, but maintaining your independence. So can you, uh, how do you organize that? And um, and it, it means you need to talk to the owners. You need to find out what are, um, you, first of all, you shouldn't consider the shareholders your enemies. Uh, you should consider them your partners. You should engage them proactively. And ask for their input, uh, but it is your decision as a chair what to do. But usually, um, owners, especially family-owned companies where the family has been active, they have a, they have knowledge, they have opinions that could be valuable. So engage with them, inform them about the board and the company, help shareholders frame and articulate their own position. Some of them are not quite uh, are not clear in what what. What is our ambition? What is our, our mission with this company? Why do we own it? Is it because we want to make money? Is it because we want to contri- contribute to a better world? Or what is it? And then you need, to, uh, doing all that. this, you still need to protect the board uh, independence at all costs. So the board needs to be independent. And balancing that is, uh, I think that's one of the practices we see uh, or the cap- capacities in Nordic boards that they, they have the capacity to engage with the owners but still maintain their independence.
0: The fact that the Nordic boards are able to remain especially independent, is that a function of just the way things operate in the Nordics and it's just uh, a result of the more wider environment? Or is it something that's been nurtured by the boards over time?
1: I think there's a cultural aspect as well because we have a low power distance and it, it, we are used to um, we're used to the situation where the the man on the floor in the factory can state his opinion to the CEO, and sometimes, or usually he gets listened to if it's if it makes sense. But it doesn't change the the the, the separation of power. And in in that respect, uh, the owners listen to the board, and the board uh, it, it's not dangerous to have that, uh, that that dialogue. So I think there's a, a large cultural aspect of it as well
0: yes the independence I've heard comes up a lot when I you know through the programs that we run at, at INSEAD and 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 just in general when you read about good board practice independence is obviously key to an effective board what are some of the other things that make it a successful board other than being independent
1: another thing is uh, that the boards are relatively small yet quite diverse so um, most um, most Nordic boards are up to 10, maybe 12, uh, t- 12 people in a board is a large board in, um, in the Nordics. And uh, you see um, some of the big companies with uh, eight or nine uh, members, smaller companies, um, less. In addition, you uh, have quite a, quite a large diversity of gender in most Nordic countries. Uh, unfortunately, not my own country, Denmark, we are, we are lagging a little bit behind. But uh, most Nordic countries also have a big diversity on international um, board members. So I think uh, a recommendation is that if if the board is bigger than ten people, uh, you should you could consider uh, reducing it if it's possible. So that's one of the areas we think make make uh, Nordic boards uh, effective. Mm-hmm. A third area is um, not becoming executives, maintaining their um, a non-executive approach, but still engage a lot in um, being committed to the business. So we see a lot of, of boards that engage in what's actually going on in the company, trying to understand not just uh, the C-suite, but also the levels below what's going on in um, in regards to um, innovation. Uh, how do we develop talent? Because that's something, some of the things that are um, important uh, for the future.
0: Be- they essentially become Far more of a um, strategic partner for the organisation rather yeah. than just an oversight. Uh, in an yeah, o- uh,
1: indeed, yes. They, in most cases, they are good at maintaining the independence. So that, that, that's critical, and not because independence in what is one thing, but also they don't make executive decisions. Some do, and uh, I, I think. What I say now is a generalization, but it, but it's it's uh, it's a uh, sum of the best practices we have seen and the very successful companies. What what are the the commonalities we see across boards? There are two other aspects. Um, I also think they try to move from just optimizing uh, shareholder expectations to also see what what are the possibilities in society. Where can we develop this company? We need to rethink ourselves. And how can we do that in a way where we use the trends that we see coming and still uh, create the value that is expected of our owners? So trying to bridge uh, two uh, viewpoints that most uh, people see as uh, contrary, they uh, they are quite good at that. So so it's about embracing complexity, and it's about not just choosing A or B, but in some situations, choosing both A and B, and working on similar directions, experimenting, trying out things, and um, and the fundamental part of that is create a, a system of learning where the board and the company learns together and develops together. Mm-hmm. The last thing I think we could uh, learn from uh, Nordic boards is that um, although they are quite uh, effective. They are good at documenting what is going on and they do everything by the book, but they're also good at um, ensuring a fair process and trying to find, uh, in some situations, not to rush decisions. So in some cases, we see boards in other countries that if something is on the agenda, we need to make a decision and move on. We can't have the same topic on the agenda, two meetings in a row. In the Nordics, you see uh, on complex issues, uh, if they are not ready to make the decision, they say, okay, we have learned something, we're not ready to make the decision. We need more. Maybe we should look in this direction or can you? how can we move on? And, um, and, and that creates uh, additional learning and sometimes a completely different uh, decision. But uh, it also cl- creates alignment when the final decision is made
0: you know over the past half an hour we've spoke i mean we've set the sort of a, a, what seems like a very a complex scene you know there's a lot going on in the world today how important is board education to help get board members up to the level where they should they should be we should
1: remember that it's not education as when we went to school uh, we are not sitting behind a desk and uh, being taught what to do it's about creating environments where they get inspired where they get a chance to reflect on their current mental models um and and assumptions and they get a chance to talk to other participants and challenge each others get inspiration from other industries other kind of ownership structures other kinds of boards so um so i i think that's even as an important part of, of executive education that you create that environment and you uh, Use the cases. You use the material that allows them to have conversation that they could never plan. And we have content in our programs uh, that we don't tell them about because we also want them to have surprises. We want them to to have experiences that they didn't expect. They have high expectations, but but I think most of the people joining our board program, for instance, they want uh, they have specific things they want to understand and. Be, um, they have specific skills. They want to know about the the structure of um, the the governance uh, system and what is the role of, of the board member. But all the psychological and all the um, all the complex issues uh, and the the traps that wise people uh, fall in when they make decisions in complex systems uh, they are not. Um, that's not what they request because they think they are clever but they, they get some new experiences working in the context that INSAD is able to create, which allows them to, uh, to rethink. Um, and that means that um, they, they really uh, like it. We have people that, went, that left school in the age of 16, started their own company, has a very successful company, and now they are chair, chairing a company with a thousand people, for instance, uh, and they never had any formal education. And when they come here, they, are, they actually never liked to go to school. But now they come here and they are very uh, concerned about what can I expect. But when they come to INSEAD and leave the program, they are inspired and they want to come back. They really enjoyed it. They want to bring their, their employees. Um, and that's very rewarding to, to be able to uh, serve a system that, that can do that to, to leaders.
0: And you've been partnering with INSEAD for a, for a great number of years now, so there uh, must be a
1: fifteen years or so.
0: Fifteen years yeah. since with INSEAD and so there's, in terms of finding that learning partner, in this case, INSEAD, I mean, that must be the right learning partner. Let's say it must be crucial and testament to the length of the partnership that we have with yourselves. Yeah, I was involved from
1: 2012, 13, and uh, and took over uh, Scandinavian Executive Institute uh, and uh, 2015. So, um, and we have been uh, developing the, the, the relationship and the, the partnership since then, uh, developing further programs, um, bringing more participants. And uh, we have a very close and um, open relationship, which I really
0: appreciate. We've spoken at length about your experience of working with boards and, and, and their trends and obviously working with INSEAD and the SEI. What are you excited about for the future with regards to boards and the direction they're going in?
1: What makes me excited about working with boards is to challenge conventional thinking. I think there's there's so much good conventional thinking in uh, that has been done, creating the the governance systems we have right now. But I think um, the board hold so much more capac- uh, capacity to to develop uh, as boards, but also to influence. Um, the future, um, to uh, to shape the future um, and um, to, if if I can contribute to the, the capacity in boards so they can shape the future in the right direction, uh, I would be delighted. And I think it, it requires both that you focus on sustainability and all those issues, but it also, you won't succeed if you are very um, ambitious and you know a lot about sustainability, if you don't know how to lead a good board and lead a company, you need to do do both. And uh, bridging that gap is um, is my real uh, quest.
0: Thank you very much, Dean. That's perfect. Thank you.
1: Thanks. It was a pleasure, Alex. Thanks.
0: And thank you to our audience for listening in. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. And if you have and would like to know more about the Scandinavian Executive Institute, there will be a link in the podcast description. Equally, if you'd like to know more about what INSEAD is doing in the corporate governance area, please head to our website using the links below. Thank you.